listen, if the world, this world, our world, ever needed the truth, it needs it today. Amen? If it ever needed the truth, it needs it today. If you haven't noticed, I'm here to serve you notice, America has drifted. Thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. I've been away for several days. Uh, you're looking at a COVID victim. Uh, it's a beast, I'm telling you. And I have a, a kind of a different outlook on that and a, a different respect for those that are dealing with that. And if you're going through that right now, I pray in Jesus' name, that God would undertake and would touch and would heal you and would get you through this. Very difficult. I'm reminded that so many, even some of my friends, uh, didn't fare quite as well as I did. As sick as I was, I'm here and continuing to do God's bidding. There's still a lot of families, even in our own community, in our own church fellowship, that are suffering from this and will sur uh, suffer long-term results from this. And I trust the Lord would be with us. I uh, want to uh, continue a teaching uh, right now that we began several weeks ago. And these teachings are very, very important. And I trust that you'll uh, get that and that you would listen to the Word of God as we try to teach and preach and share it with you uh, week in and week out. These messages are more significant now than ever before with things going on in our world, in our country, even in our own community right now as we watch the, the church even drift further and further from the things of God. That concerns me as a pastor. It concerns me as a follower of Christ. I trust that it would concern you as well. I want to read one verse in your hearing. It's taken from Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 1. I'm going to read that, and we're going to pray for you, and then we're going to jump right on in and encourage you to, uh, to follow along. Keep your Bibles handy, and uh, even some uh, paper, pen, and uh, keep up with the study notes, if at all possible. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says this, We must pay more careful attention. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. I am so fearful, beloved, that there are many people, perhaps some of you listening to me right now, you do not believe that it's possible for you to drift away from the things of God, or even if you do, that there are consequences. I'm here to tell you there are consequences, and I want to be an encouragement to you not to drift away from the things of God, but to drift toward the things of God. 
Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word. And it's more important than ever to be in that Word, to develop a prayer life and a relationship with God uh, through prayer so that you might grow in these areas of your life. Father, I pray for each one listening right now. I pray that you would apply your Word to our hearts by faith, by your Spirit. Teach us some things. I pray for your anointing as this message is resent out over the airwaves, and we'll thank you, we'll praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray also for those that are suffering at the hands of this pandemic and other sickness in the area. I pray in Jesus' name that you would deal with those needs accordingly, and we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you be blessed. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. This is actually two part, or the second part, part two is what I'm trying to say of the message super or natural or supernatural. Keep getting my tongue tangled around my eye teeth. You can't see what I'm saying this morning, but we'll get her untangled here in a moment. You just hang with me. Brother Jude, I call him brother because that's exactly what he is. Brother Jude has, in the earlier part of his writing, urged us to contend for the faith. And we laid that out pretty clearly before you several weeks ago. He's reminding us that it was once for all entrusted to the saints. Now church, please listening, whether you're laying eyeballs on me in person this morning or by way of live, live stream, please allow me to remind you that you and I, not only myself, but you also have been entrusted with the proclamation of the gospel. Now that's huge. You have been entrusted with the proclamation of the gospel. Entrusted with, watch this, God trusts you with his message. Does that make you feel special? It should make you feel special. Several of you kind of looking back at me with that special deer in the headlight look about right now. There's also a lot of responsibility in that. Say amen right there. Fill in number one with me on your study notes if you would please. Beloved, if you and I fail to contend for the faith, then the faith will slip from the discourse of our homes and our society until such time as our nation eventually resembles nothing more than a haunt. In other words, just a mere shell of what we are purposed to be. Think about this. When the gospel is gone from our daily routines, this once great nation, my words are chosen carefully, this once great nation will merely be a reflection of every other, na every other such nation that allowed for God to become nothing more than a byword, have allowed God to become nothing more than a curse word. And beloved, once God's name is profaned, this is important, God's protection is then lifted. Pastor Terry, I'm... You better have some Bible for that. Indeed, I do. I want you to consider this account from Israel's past. 
This address will not appear on your study notes. This is hot off the press. It will be on the screen behind me, and I encourage you to look at your Bible. Perhaps you can write these verses down or at least write the address down on your study notes. Beloved, God established His covenant with Israel, and they broke that covenant. You understand what's going on? God established a covenant. That's a promise with strings attached, and they didn't keep up their end of the deal. So Jeremiah the prophet tells us this in chapter 11 and verse 14. Therefore, do not pray for this people or lift up a cry or prayer on their behalf. For I will not listen when they call to me in the time of their trouble. Look at your neighbor and tell them this is serious. It is serious. One writer puts it like this. Israel has fallen into paganism during this time of Jeremiah. They've fallen into paganism, idolatry, and rampant polytheism, many little gods. In his anger, God rightly says, and you can read about this in verse 12 of Jeremiah chapter 11, the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go and cry to the little g gods to whom they make offerings, but they cannot save them in their time of trouble. Therefore, in what this writer calls an ironic twist, God decrees that he will likewise not be listening to the prayers of his people. You understand what he's saying? You didn't listen when I called. I'm not going to listen when you call. Wow, does God play that game? Oh, he is very patient. He's very merciful. He's very gracious, even seasons. But I want you to understand this aspect of the character of God. Even though the prayers are coming from the people that God once called. Everybody say once. God once called them, and this is so reflective of Jude. God once called them a green olive tree, beautiful with good fruit. And, and he called them a nation and made, made clear that it, it was a nation that he planted himself. But God promises that now he's not going to listen to their prayers. Probably one of your favorite devotional books is the, the Old Testament book of Lamentations. You know what it means to lament? <laughs> Lamentations records this, chapter 3 and verse 44. God wrapped himself with a cloud so that no prayer could pass through. Wow. God repeats this idea in Zechariah chapter 7 and verse 13. Quote, as I called and they would not hear, so they called and I would not hear. So, Consider the significance of another New Testament passage. I'm going to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 1. The record puts it this way. We must pay more careful attention. Watch this. What does it mean when somebody says, pay attention? Well, I think it means pay attention. That's what that means. Paul is saying to the Hebrew peoples and saying to us, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. Why? So that we do not drift away. Do you understand drifting? Listen to me, beloved. It's easier to drift than most people want to imagine. It is. I am told, the experts tell us, that if we do anything 21 days in a row, it will become a habit. By the same token, if you cease doing something for about 21 days, three weeks, then you break the habit. 
It's easier to drift than you might imagine. Paul goes on to say, I believe it's Paul in Hebrews. You can disagree if you'd like. For if the message spoken by angels to the Old Testament prophets was binding, and indeed it was, and every violation and disobedience, and he's talking about the disobedience of their ancestors we just read about, if that received its just punishment, and indeed it did, he asked this telling question in verse 3, how shall we escape if we ignore such Great salvation. That's a question I've been posing to congregations like this for over 40 years now. I try to pose that question to those outside the church on, a, on occasion. How are you going to escape if you neglect this great salvation? You won't. You won't. Listen, can I put forth for you right now a challenge? It's a challenge. To resolve to be or perhaps become a genuine contender for the faith. Pastor Terry, what does that mean? It means that you resolve, you make up your mind that you are going to be a proclaimer of the gospel. And it means that God, and trust me, God will open doors and bring before you divine appointments that you can tell of the good news. And by that, I'm talking about the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the imminent return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why would I want to resolve to do that? Well, I just told you, for one reason, it keeps us from drifting. But in addition, listen to this. This is for you. You are placed where you are. Watch this. Listen up. Pay attention. You are placed where you are. I believe that I'm called. I know I'm called. I know what happened one night in my bedroom on my knees. And I, I received a call from God and I never got over it. By the same token, you are called. Oh, not me. Hey, if you're a believer, you're called. And we're told in the Word to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. You are placed where you are. How many of you know that Pastor Terry can't go preach everywhere you go? I can't. Some of you, and this breaks my heart, trust me. In fact, I wear it to bed a lot of times. Some of you have family members or, or friends or acquaintances that I will never meet. So how am I going to tell them about Jesus? I won't be able to do that. If I would meet them, I would be glad to, but I'll never meet them. You are where you are, placed where you are in the midst of some needy souls. And even though they may fight against you tooth and nail, the truth of the matter is this. And I'm headed to number two on your study notes. I didn't think we'd ever get there, did you? But it says this, your faithfulness, say my faithfulness. Scratch out your and put my in there. My faithfulness to the faith could be the difference for someone's eternity. Isn't that sobering? Man, you're putting a lot of pressure on me here this morning, Pastor T. Thank you very much. That's my job. Am I doing good so far? Okay. I try to work hard. I try to, to put everything I've got into this job you pay me for. It'd be a shame for you to pay me to do this, and I did a sorry job. Listen, Jesus Christ proclaimed something that I believe to be 100% truth. You can find it in John chapter 14 and verse number 6. And he said this, 
I am the way, look at this, and the truth, and the life. No one, not anyone comes to the Father except through me. That's why we believe what we believe about Jesus Christ. Watch this. It is an absolute fact. There are and there have been since the days of Jude divisive persons that have secretly slipped in among the body of Christ Godless men is what Jude calls them, who purpose to change the grace of God into a license for immorality. And, and here's the, the point. They deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. I took you there to tell you this. You do not have to be one of them. You don't have to be one of them, friend. You don't have to, you certainly do not have to be duped by their divisive and delusional godlessness. Are you happy about that? I am. You know, it seems like I hear it a lot nowadays, even from some good church folks. How many of you know there's some good church folks out there? And I, I even hear it from them sometimes. Just what is the truth? Boy, you really hear it during this election cycle, just what is the truth? Who's telling the truth? How do you know what the truth is? Listen to me, church. And even those that are listening this morning, you want to be a part of the church, but you're not there yet. I trust that you'll hear this. Beloved, Jesus isn't just telling the truth. Jesus is the truth. Are you with me? He is the truth. What's the truth? Jesus is the truth. Jesus, pointing to the Father, said this, and you can find this in John, in that high priestly prayer where he prayed for you. And he said this, Your word, God, is the truth. A little earlier he said to the disciples, And you shall know the truth. Thank the Lord. You shall know the truth, and the truth will bind you up. Is that what it said? It said the truth will make you free. Set you free. Listen, beloved. If this word, this Bible, if this word isn't the word of God, if this isn't the truth, then we are hopeless and we are doomed. What do we have left? What, what do we have left? What we have left is ways that seem right, but the end thereof is destruction. But this is the truth. And we need to be firm about that. And so, took you there to get to here. Listen, if the world, this world, our world, ever needed the truth, it needs it today. Amen? If it ever needed the truth, it needs it today. If you haven't noticed, I'm here to serve you notice, America has drifted. Now, I love being an American, but listen to me very carefully. I have a place where I reside temporarily at 246 Beach Nut Circle, Ridgeway, Virginia, 24148. But that's not my home. 
My home is in the heavens. I'm a citizen of two worlds. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. If heaven's not my home, good Lord, what would I do? Listen, this world is, this country, this nation, which we know and love, it has drifted on the whole. Our fellow man is not listening for God. Am I telling you the truth? And the only thing that can bring it back is, watch this, individual accountability to the Word. Not pointing to somebody else and saying, if they would, then I would. Or if they would, everything would be better. But individual accountability to the Word. Here's a point for you to ponder this morning. Someone was faithful with the faith to you or with you. It's just right that you be that someone in the life of another and in the life of another and in the life of another until Jesus comes back to get us. Say amen right there. Now listen, with the help of God's Holy Spirit, I've endeavored over the past many weeks to help you be or to help you become sober-minded regarding these things, thinking soberly about these things. The Word of God, the Bible which we all claim to believe, the Word of God describes a horrible future for the secret slipper society that Jude tells us about. Fill in number four with me on your study notes. These scoffers, and that's not my word, it's a Bible word. These scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires are a menace. They don't have to stay there, but they are a menace. Not only to themselves, but also to anyone and everyone they grace with their presence. Go back to verse 12. That we read to you just a few moments ago. These men are blemishes, Jude 1.12. These men are blemishes at your love feast. You understand what he's saying? At your church fellowship events. Oh, they're there. They're showing up. And they're showing out. And they probably got their hair combed at a Christian hairdo. And they're dressed at a fashion Christian-like. Oh, yeah. They're hard to spot because they're secret slippers. They slip in secretly. But they're blemishes at your love feast. Listen, that's not looking through my filter. This is what God's saying. These men, women, boys and girls are blemishes at your love feast. Why? What are they doing, Pastor T? They're eating with you without the slightest qualm. They're rascals and they're parking all up in there as though nothing ever happened. Look at this. Shepherds who feed only themselves. Preachers. They are clouds without rain. Heat, big thunder, no rain. Blown along by the wind, autumn trees. Look at this, without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. How many of you know that's seriously dead? They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Oh my goodness. I don't want to be like that. What about you? Pastor Terry, how in the world can I prevent that from happening in my life? How can I guard against drifting and becoming like these godless goomers that Jude warns about? Conversely, 
Jude gives us God's plan. Whose plan? God's plan. And part of that plan reads as follows. I'm in verse 20 of Jude chapter 1. I told you we'd get to these verses. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up. Watch this. The dividers tear down. But he's saying you build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. God is, is putting, has put before us a great and profound choice. Listen, you can do one of two things. Beloved, that's a good place for us to attempt to wrap this up. I'm talking to you about growth and maturity. It's something that we don't hear a whole lot about in and around the church today, and it grieves the heart of God, and I believe grieves any pastor to watch his people as they flounder day in and day out. As we mentioned, a lifestyle of as important as repentance is. It's a lifestyle of sin and repentance, sin and repentance to the point that the sin just becomes a, a glib routine, something we don't even think about, and it robs us of so much. Listen again to this verse from Hebrews chapter 6. We're told, therefore, and there's a reason why this is there, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ. Let's leave those elementary teachings and go on. That's my prayer for you, in particular in this day and age in which we live. Listen, believer, things are going to get tough for the follower of Christ. This is a great time for, and a great opportunity for us to really show the power of God through us, but it's going to be more difficult than ever in many, many respects because the world around us is so anti-growth and so anti-church and so anti Word of God today. It's not like it used to be. There was a time where there was a tremendous respect for those who followed after the things of God. That's no longer the case with the rank and file, even in our own country today. Sad to say, but it's very true, and you know that's true. Well, I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to get too uh, preachy, on, uh, preachy on you as I try to close. I trust that the Lord would use these words and use His Word in particular to challenge you. Father, I pray for those listening in. I trust that Your Word, as we put it forth over the airwaves, would penetrate their hearts, draw us to You, and, help, and convince us of Your truth. Lord, I pray for strength for each and every one that is naming the name of Christ and is, uh, has signed on to follow you and to be about your business. Strengthen each one of them in the power of the Spirit, more so now than ever before, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, before I go off, I do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activities. I also want to be an encouragement to you, in particular, 
in this season of a lot of uh, non-personal gatherings, it's very important for programs like this and for you to be connected some way or another to the church. There's a little icon down in the bottom corner. If you hover over that, if you're listening online, uh, the subscribe button will come up. And I would encourage you to not only like our pages, like what you see, clicking on that, but subscribe to our telecast or broadcast. It would be very helpful to us. And uh, there hopefully there are some things coming that's going to be uh, more connected to you than ever in that regard. So help us out with that. I'm Terry Knight, and the pastor of New Life Community Church. I trust you're going to have a great week. Remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?